This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni, Jimmy's number 43 in the Good Beer Seal. You know, it's a Tuesday, March 6, 2018. We'll be drinking uh, some Danish craft beers, and we've got some good friends in the house. Uh, B.R. Roya from Shelton Brothers. How are you, boy? <laughs> Doing well. Good. And, uh, Glad to be back. Mike Amity from Tourist. Hello. You know, it's cool to always have you guys on... Uh, you know, Mike, you represent so much in craft beer in New York now with, with Taurus and your knowledge and um, with BR, too, you know, with what you're doing at Shelton Brothers. So it's cool. You reach out to us a couple months ago, and you, you could have a, a rep, Jens, from uh, Toul in uh, Denmark. Nice to be here. And uh, we planned this, this show out. And it's fun for me because I haven't really drinking that much Toul. And I know, Mike, you have and, and, and uh, BR. So we're going to taste the beers and talk a little about what's going on in Denmark. You know, for me... When, you know, most people think about Danish craft beer. They're probably thinking McKellar or, or Evil Twin. But I know that through Shelton Brothers, you know, you guys have had a lot of different. We've had Amager. You know, now we have Toll. Um, so we're gonna have a lot of different things to talk about on the show. So uh, Jens, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thanks. So just give us a little background about yourself. You're working in uh, in Denmark with Toll. Uh, yeah, I work for Toll. I'm. Uh, I do all sales and logistics. Uh, I've been working there for a year now. And uh, we're a small Danish uh, gypsy brewery. We export to about 52 countries. And uh, last year we made about 76 new recipes. So we're, uh, we're cranking out a lot of years, and we, uh, we like to be experimental and have fun with it. And you, got, you guys are small, but you're, you've got a reach. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd still say we're small, but we have quite a lot of reach, yeah. That's great. Mike, uh, you know, over at Taurus, you guys bring in so many different beers. I like that you're not just doing American craft, um, and I respect that. Um, but you want to talk to us about, about Tool and, and maybe some other Danish breweries that, that you've worked with? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we try, to, try to highlight just kind of good beer from all over the world. Uh, obviously, with the, you know, got some local great local breweries as well but uh yeah we've got 21 lines to fill and uh we try to have a a, a breadth of beers uh available at all times so yeah we poured a lot of danish beer <laughs> over the years uh tool uh of course being one of them uh, evil twin uh mckellar um you know Amer, uh, all those guys for sure yeah definitely uh definitely a fan of uh, of the danish uh, brewing but yeah it's a great brewing scene there like in scandinavia in general but denmark specifically of course um, I was going to ask you, like, what have you noticed uh, in terms of like the, the the beer scene in the U.S. versus in in Denmark? I mean, the beer scene in the U.S. is exploding, as as you all know. Uh, we don't get too much of it in uh, in um, in Scandinavia. I know you have to go look for it. It's definitely available, uh, but it's fun to come over here and just you, you're just showering in it basically. Uh, but it's really good beer. Uh, I haven't had a bad uh, American beer so far. 
That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, going back, BR, about eight years ago, seven years ago, we did a couple of events featuring Danish craft beer, and we got to do a tasting at the Danish consulate, Jens, yeah. in New York City. And it's funny because the consul at the time, it seemed like people over 35 didn't know anything about craft beer from Denmark, and everyone under 35 at the party loved it and knew about it. And the consul said, you know, it's funny, I'm embarrassed because I'm serving Budweiser <laughs> at the Danish consulate. But we brought in some of the brands you had then. And of course, we have McKellar, the Single Hop Series, Amager, Amur. Um, there were a few others that you, that you had. And for me, it was eye-popping. I think it was the the biggest, taste, widest sampling of uh, Danish craft beer we've ever had in New York City. Yeah, we did. We did quite a lot. It was, and as as you said, I mean, a lot of times, you know, at the consulates, and we found this with some some other consulates as well, that it's an older, somewhat older generation, and to them, beer is just a light lager, uh, whether it be, you know, a Carlsberg or you know, a light German lager. So they're always kind of surprised that this is beer from their own country. <laughs> like we we never knew about this. We had to find out about it in America when you know we didn't know about it, it existed in our own country. And then you know, going back to the notes on on tool. It said that when the, when the founders were, were meeting and they were in school with Miko, they were talking about the same type of thing where breweries in, in Denmark, like Carlsberg, were th- talking about how to brand themselves as 100-year-old breweries, but you guys thought differently. Yeah, we'd, we'd want it. I mean, age doesn't always um, equal, uh, you know, quality, so we wanted to, uh, we wanted to try and, and go beyond that and... Uh, make new fresh beers and new fresh recipes and, and try and play around with it as, as much as we could. Tool. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what's cool, though, about... Uh, that's, that's what I really appreciate about the Scandinavian beers, uh, particularly, but uh, Danish beers a lot, um, is uh, they actually brew, like, a breadth of different styles, uh, whereas, like, <laughs> I find, like, in the U.S., a lot of the focus tends to be on IPA, so... Like you, you find a lot of breweries that that will brew just IPA almost, you know, and uh, uh, but it, it seems like they're, it seems like they're they're more apt in Scandinavia and, and Denmark, of course, to uh, to branch out and and brew a, a breadth of different styles, uh, not just focus on one. Uh, and and the experimental aspect is another one which I like a lot. You know, it's kind of like the going back to the the idea of Noma, uh, of, you know, finding what's local and, and, and putting those ingredients in a beer, um, which is really cool as well. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't be afraid to experiment. It's not, uh, yeah, I mean. What's the, f- what's the first beer that we poured? So is this my well, first toll? These are all ones that Jens brought with him, and these actually, some of these aren't even in the U.S. Some of the cans just landed, so he's going to have to tell you because I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd uh, be fun to uh, to bring some stuff that's not available here. Uh, available here. Uh, this is a Cloud9, uh, Cloudy9. Uh, it's a, um, a wheat session IPA, 5.5%, with a lot of mango, and then a, um, a bread strain that we found on a pear, pear tree, uh, Tors, Tor, the owner of Tor, his parents has a uh, farm, and we um, we went there and we uh, we found some pears, and we sent them to uh, to the proofs uh, lab, where they extracted a yeast strain from them, and we tasted the yeast strain, which I cannot recommend. I mean, we, you, you get a few different yeast strains, right? And, and we chose this <laughs> Not one. Not always the one they want. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, so um, we we have the Cloud Nine Vid, with, which is uh, with mango and orange peel, and this is a uh, it's a spin-off of that with um, a lot of wheat added, 
and then um, it's uh, co-fermented with the uh, with the new bread strain, mm. and it gives it a, a really really pretty taste. You know, I feel I mean, twelve, thirteen years ago, I feel like people always had there were Hefeweizens and and Belgian style wits on draft around town. I from the the recent shows, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of brewers are starting to make wit beers again, wheat beers. I don't know if you, you're seeing more of that, Mike. Oh, uh, brewers uh, brewing wheat beers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's one of those. Uh, it's one of those styles that people really respond to. I think. I mean, it's you know, we have um, you know any number of like the super nerdy beers at, at Tours, but then but a lot of the people that are coming in are looking looking for something that they, you know, depending on where you are in this sort of uh, craft beer spectrum, you know, is they want something they can that they that they recognize, and a lot of people will respond to a wheat beer because um you know those the, the german wheat beers uh and and the ones from belgium uh, particularly uh can be those kind of gateway beers for people um so so those are those are good like first beers to kind of like start this adventure in in craft beer because uh, they because they open up the palate right they're totally different than the standard pilsners and uh, show showcase a different range of flavors than like regular you know, lager drinkers are used to, uh, and that 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 sort of uh, that new information for for those drinkers can really sort of open up the the whole palette of flavors and and all that that you can experience at craft beer. So, so yeah, a lot of people uh, still, uh, you know, even if they're further along, you know, if it's a hot if it's a hot summer day, you know, there's nothing nothing better than a nice wheat beer. So, yeah, we see that a lot. That's good. It's refreshing. Bior, you know, how many of the toll beers, so you said you made over 70 beers last year, Jens. How many of the toll beers do you guys bring to the States and sell in New York City? Most of them. Um, I mean, the ones, you know, we've got four different cans here. The cans do super well, um, in part because of the artwork. Uh, they have a, a dedicated designer who does some fantastic artwork. Um, so they just look really nice on the shelf. Um, you know, and cans are very popular now, but... Even the the bottles, uh, yeah, I would say, I mean, we don't do all 70. Um, you know, there are certain times, you know, they'll send us a list of what they have available, and there are certain things that we, you know, might be interesting, but we're not sure exactly how well they will sell in the U.S., and that's, you know, always a hard decision of something we might personally want to drink it, but is it going to just be sitting in our warehouse? Is anyone going to order it? Um, so we have to be a little bit selective. But, you know, normally, I mean, all the beers that we get from Two All are, are always very popular and, and very tasty, so... Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and, and what are, what are some that you guys are selling? You know, who wants to answer that question? Uh, here, I know that the uh, the the new Mister series just landed. We rebrewed six different beers. Uh, we did a previous iteration of them, and now we we did them again, but in in uh, new recipes and at the same time because uh, previously they came out. So at Toll, we have to make up some slogans for you guys. At Toll, we never rest. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Toll. <laughs> I like that. You like that? I can, yeah, I, like that. I can do my accent a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you could name a new beer. Yeah, man. What would that be? But Let's try another beer. So this was Cloudy Night. I liked it. Right. And uh, Mike, how does it do for you guys? You bring in Tool on draft sometimes at tours? Yeah, actually, we've done both. Um uh, especially, uh, I think the last one we had was uh, Black Ball, the Imperial Porter, uh, which I'm a huge fan of, um, and also a big fan of the the Sir series, uh, the Sir uh, Sir Amarillo uh, and, uh, and I like the way you guys pronounce Sir because it's it's in Danish it's pronounced Sua, but you pronounce it Sir, so it's yeah. like a, a royal beer. Oh, is that what it is? Uh, no, no, it's not. Sewer oh, means yeah. sour. Oh, okay. But the yeah, the, the makes way sense. you pronounce it, yeah, it's, it sounds like it's royalty. <laughs> Sir beer. It makes it that much more fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. 
Sir Sewer. <laughs> yes, exactly. So sour beer. And, 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 and is it hard to translate? You know the the names that you guys pick. Yes, it is sometimes, but I think that has it. It has its uh, charms. Uh, you bring a bit of your uh, your old uh, or your your local language into uh, into naming the beers. Uh, we have the milk series, and milk means uh, milk. But not many people will ever know that. They will love the whole series, but they they, they won't understand what it uh, what it actually means. <laughs> I like that. But some some breweries do this. That's cool. You know, just tell us about the the founders because I I don't know them. What are the names of the founders? Uh, Tor Günther and uh, Tobias Emiliensen. And they went to uh, high school together. Um, so the background is what? They were, they were students of Mikko from uh, McKellar? Yeah, he was teaching chemistry at the high school they were going to. And uh, after hours, they pirated the uh, kitchen facilities because they wanted to brew. They were tired of the beers that they had at the Friday bars, kind of boring pilsners. Uh, so they thought, we can do better. We can make, some, we can make something more fun. Uh, so they started basically homebrewing at a, uh, it's this weird Danish school. It's like a, a democracy-driven school, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, it, it's better than it sounds, but it's, it's still a strange concept. So then they, they would brew an off-hours. Yeah, the school an off, off-hours, yeah. And sounds like a fun chemistry project. School, yeah, yeah, I can't imagine that happening in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is, and we don't know. What was that bad... What was the show about the, the crystal meth? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> bad something. Breaking. Breaking, breaking bad. bad. Yeah. See, I don't know all the, the pop references. <laughs> and then BR, so this next beer is what? Another uh, secret one from Yeah, this is the, Denmark. Uh, it's the Mr. Blue. Uh, we wanted to make an Imperial Berliner Weisse um, for fun. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, 9% uh, with um, uh, blackberries, aronia, acai, and blackcurrant. Oh. It, I, I think most people would pronounce it, pronounce it uh, akai. Sounds like my daughter's breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or smoothie, right? Very nice. Right. But it doesn't really taste that much like fruit. No. What do you think of it, Mike? I mean, an Imperial Berliner Weiss, talk about styles. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, so it's a unique style to begin with because Berliner Weiss is uh, typically uh, quite light and uh, low alcohol. Yeah, it has a little bit of uh, of tartness. Uh, yeah, the ones from Berlin are, are quite quite subtle with the, the sourness. But you know, with the craft beer taking off, the we as I think as an industry take things to extremes. So uh, it makes sense to make an imperial version of this kind of lightly sour, subtle beer uh, that started, and then um, and then throw a lot of uh, fruit in it. And uh, you have to kind of tickle the boundaries a little. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so yeah, so nine percent—that's crazy. But uh, yeah, I'd love. Uh, it's really nice. Yeah, I, I think the fruit comes through quite a lot and uh, got a little little bit of funk to it, which, which yeah, I, a little I bit like of a lot. Funk, yeah. yeah, that's from the fruit, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely, it's awesome. But I like a beer that's nine percent, and I, I don't really think you can taste that it's nine percent. Maybe that's just me. No, 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 no. it's sneaky. It's sneaky. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, more, it's more well-rounded. Some, some of their Berliner Weiss are a little too thin. Yeah. And, and too low alcohol. Yeah, and I think the uh, the the, the uh, acidity level I like a lot too. Uh, you know, sometimes they uh, they can be you know enamel strippers, but uh, this one's really well balanced. So yeah, the nice nice balance between the acidity and the fruit, and uh, yeah, it's a nice platform. Br, is this a beer that you guys would pick up and sell in the states? Oh yeah, we had uh, last year's Mister Blue. Uh, the whole the whole Mister series was based on uh, Reservoir Dogs uh, characters. Um, but no, we, we actually have these cans, I think, just landed at port. So they'll be coming in on uh, limited edition into New York uh, probably in about two weeks or so. Um, but yeah, it's nice that, you know, the fact that Berliner Weiss in, in Berlin are served with either the raspberry woodruff syrup. So you'll, you have a little sort of touch of sweetness from either the fruit or herb. So it's 
they already put the fruit in there for you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, we're going to take a short break, but we're going to come back and talk more about places in New York City where you can get beers like Toll. I'll be back on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. All right. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Got some good buddies out there, including Roberta's Pizza, our home, and uh, I'm going to stick around for probably, what, a, a margarita pizza afterwards, Bjorn? You know, that's the fun part of the show. You usually come, come to Roberta's about 6 o'clock every Tuesday. And usually with the, with the guests of the show, we're sitting somewhere that's and right. uh, enjoying I, I ourselves. That's right. come for the pizza. Yeah. And the company. <laughs> and the company. And the company. But uh, so we're saying, um, you know, this, this great uh, Mr. Blue Imperial Berlin Weiss from Tool. Um, so what are some of the accounts? And I, and I know that you had Jens visiting some different, you know, New York City bars today. Mm-hmm. What are some New York City bars that, that, that you... Pr- would expect to, to carry this beer? I mean, really any any good craft beer bar that focus, that doesn't only focus on domestics would pick this up. I mean, Torst is obviously a good example. Today we dropped by Haymaker uh, over by Penn Station. You know, they'll often put on uh, one, of the, one of the more sour beers. Um, went to the well over here in Bushwick. Uh, I've also dropped by Arrogance Wine. They'll put on some things. Uh, Ivan Ramen, who does a fantastic job over on the Lower East Side. They love the cans. Um, you know, today he's actually, uh, Jens is here on, on vacation, so we didn't want to make him work too hard. So we're just kind of dragging him around a bunch. We would hope to visit uh, KCBC to give him a taste of some local beer, but we ran out of time. So we'll send him over there uh, later this week to visit. But yeah, really any any bar that has a selection of, of imported beers will, or, or good, you know, smaller breweries, smaller imported beers will have, have these beers on and better beer shops will often carry the cans and the bottles. And that's that's kind of what's what's cool about this brewery in particular is there is the, there's that range of beers you know so so they 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 brew quite a lot of them so so even if uh, you know if if you have a a certain area that you're looking to fill on a draft list you know the, the odds are the the, the tool will uh, will cover it at one point or another. Yeah, if you're missing an Imperial Berliner Weiss, it's uh, for example, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that would work for me because it's it, it's sour, but it's not it's not too light. It's got a real good mouthfeel. You know, this is a sour that I could probably sell to someone that isn't really a sour drinker. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's very fruity. Yeah. yeah. And w- what are some of the places that you liked in New York? It's a great vacation, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming over. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Uh, I mean, we'd, we'd actually book seats at the, at the uh, Ivan Ramen uh, tomorrow. I had no idea we'd be listening today. Nice. That's a really nice place. Yeah. We asked for a little bit of food, and they just absolutely crushed us. <laughs> The mountain of food, and they're 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 quite beer focused over there. Yeah, yeah. They had the beer lists were bigger than a menu, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I don't I don't think a lot of people realize that, but yeah, it's a it's a great place for beer, <laughs> delicious food and, yeah. and good beer. It's a nice we, combination. We have that in Copenhagen as well. I mean, we have three or four ramen places. Two of them are Mikela, but they're obviously very nice. Mm-hmm. And probably decent beer selection there. Yeah, they have <laughs> they have quite <laughs> flying in beers. <laughs> yeah, and where are you guys going tonight? You have an event, tasting event tonight. Yeah, after this, we'll be uh, at the Jeffrey on the Upper East Side. 
uh, or Midtown East, I guess. Uh, they've got, I believe, uh, eight different drafts going on. And two of uh, the past year's Mr. Series, Mr. Brown, which is a uh, Doppelbach with figs and cocoa. Is that, or no? Figs, dates, and Fig, coffee. Figs, dates, and coffee. And then also uh, Mr. Blonde, which is a uh, strong Belgian with gooseberries. I think dry hopped strong Belgian with gooseberries. So that's last year's uh, versions. You can, get a, you, you can get a nostalgic before the, uh, the, the new <laughs> before ones the new come ones out. Come yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, BR, when did you find out that Jens was coming over? Because I know you put together the tasting event, this radio episode. I can't I think our, 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 <laughs> our Nordic, uh, Christian, who, who handles uh, all the relations with our, our Nordic breweries, I think had let me know that he was coming over. I, I, I don't even really remember. I just An email came through, and then immediately, you know, you start uh, working... Working the the accounts and seeing, you know, uh, this was a little bit more not as planned as some of some of visits simply because he's here on vacation. So you know, and he's with his girlfriend, so I don't want to take too much time. But we fit in what we can, and if it falls on a Tuesday and we're able to come over and do beer sessions, happy to do that. Thank you. (laughs) And then at the Jeffrey, tell me more about the Jeffrey. So you know, you're explaining to Jens, you know, what he's going to encounter tonight. So they're doing a program with. A lot of imports as well, beyond just American craft beer? Yeah, they do. Uh, they have a, a mix. I mean, there's definitely, they've got the, the domestic IPAs. I mean, there's always going to be a market for that. Uh, but Patrick has always been very supportive of breweries like Mars, Thierrier, De, De La Seine is often pretty much on, on tap all the time there. Uh, same with uh, Duranka, the XX Bitter, or the Goldenberg is on draft. So a solid, a solid import program at, at all of his bars, really. Yeah, Jeffrey's great. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. I would I would throw it on the list of you know one of the better craft beer bars in New York for sure. Yeah. Cool. Look forward to going there afterwards. Yeah. And it's conveniently located right underneath the uh, the uh, what is that that little the, shuttle? The Roosevelt, the, the Roosevelt tram. The Roosevelt tram. That's yeah. right. That's the best. So, that's the best way to get there. Like at, at, at tourists when people are like asking about places to hit in New York and well, Jeffrey's on that list, and we're like, the best way to see it, you know, take the uh, the F train to Roosevelt Island, and then take the tram over. You get a, get a little sightseeing, and then some beer at the end. Everybody wins. That's a great idea. Yeah. One of these days, I want to go on that tram with a, a pair of skis. Just like, is this the gondola <laughs> to the summit? <laughs> you going to do that, Jens? What else are you doing with your girlfriend? <laughs> I don't I don't think this is a, should put, be public information. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <To be honest. laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Enjoy, man. Yeah. Uh, had you guys been to New York before? Never. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, uh, it's such a, a culture shift. Wow. I mean, you can go to a lot of European cities and they'll all look alike, pretty much, but I'm definitely in a different country here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. several of them. Yeah, several <laughs> of them at the, the same time. Yeah. yeah. What is it about Copenhagen? I mean, there's so many cool people out of there. You know, we know Yeppe, Mikko, um, a lot of chefs. Have, have, what, what's the culture like there in terms of like, beer and food? In your words, uh, well, it's uh, it's very competitive, and um, whereas in in the U.S. you have uh, strong competition because of the local breweries, every place will have a lot of local craft breweries and almost no import. I think it's almost the opposite in Copenhagen, where you'll have almost exclusively import beers, uh, really fast rotating taps, and and all the the beer craft bars are more. I think they're more than thirty. 40 craft beer bars in Copenhagen alone. Wow. It's a city of, of 1 million people. Uh, and and they will have fast rotating tabs and and uh, you have to go there very fast if you want to if you want to try something fun. <laughs> and you guys also have a brew pub, right? Yes, we have a brew pub. Is it in Copenhagen? Yes. It's uh, an arbor called Bruce 
So we thought uh, we'd open our own uh, local brewery and and make some fresh uh, stuff. Um, and it's been it's, it's proven quite a challenge because we uh, decided to open a uh, a shop and a uh, really um, a, a nice w- restaurant and a and a brew pub and a and a brewery at the same day, huh. uh, <laughs> which I can't recommend. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it's running very smoothly now. We have our three. Did the, s- the same people work at all all the shops, or it's different crew? No, it's a different crew. Like three people. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, right. it's, uh, it's three very busy people. <laughs> it's also a dull man. Uh, it's a uh, converted factory, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's an old train factory, factory uh, underneath the cinema, and uh, we actually had to soundproof the uh, the ceiling because the cinema was making too much noise. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> oh, not yeah. the other way around. Wow. No, no, no. You could you'd be hearing the lightsaber and getting uh, Star Wars spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, have you been to Copenhagen? I haven't actually. No, uh, I've only been to uh, Scandinavia once. We went to the uh, All In uh, Beer Festival. Right? Is that one that you guys go to? Usually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was amazed by it. Actually, I um, is a, a great, great festival. First of all, but. Uh, I was amazed at the amount of Scandinavian breweries, uh, <laughs> yes, many of which I had never heard of before, uh, and the, the overall quality I think was really good. Um, and it ranged from from beers, and there was a, a guy that had uh, s- uh, some meads there, yeah. and uh, uh, everything was great. Yeah, I was I was I was really impressed. So by it's it. called the, the All In Festival. All In. What beer is festival, it? Who, who's yeah. a, who's behind that? It's in uh, Gothenburg, uh, uh, Sweden. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a good size. It's a good size festival. So is it, is it international festival? Or are there breweries behind it? Or uh, it's uh, it's put on locally, um, and it's I think it's all Scandinavian breweries. I think uh, is, that, is that I think it is actually. Um, yeah. Uh, well, actually, no, that's not true. Because there was a, there was a guy no. from the Netherlands, uh, which I don't think is it. Last I checked, was not in Scandinavia. Um, so yeah, I'm not. Uh, but it was, the focus was certainly on Scandinavian breweries. Maybe it's all Scandinavian breweries, and then one guy from the Netherlands, <laughs> and the guy from the Netherlands yeah. by marriage. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, it was the 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 festival was a good size, and uh, it was really well run. And um, yeah, like I said, a really really good selection of breweries. Uh, um, again, a lot that don't get to the states too, which was uh, which was kind of cool. Um, and I was impressed by by Gothenburg as well, which is a a, a really good uh, beer city. It's kind of like the uh, the brewing home of Sweden, I guess. Uh, it's also an amazing city if you love churches. <laughs> fair, everywhere, fair number of churches. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've had the Gothenburg experience. And <laughs> yeah, they're very pretty from the outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep the list going. This, I need to check out these places one day. But yeah, so now, so you, as your job with Tool. So will you be at all these festivals? Is, is that one of your jobs? Or are you just doing sales? I'll I'll go to them, to as many of them as I can. Uh, we're quite a small team at the office at all. And of course, we want to we wanna go out and meet people and, and, and represent as much as possible. But it's, I mean, um, in May alone, we have the first week is a Tallinn Beer Craft Festival. Then it's a Mikela Beer Craft Celebration. And then I have a Scottish uh, wedding. And then <laughs> there's Budapest Beer Week. So th- and that's one month alone. So is that your Scottish wedding? No, no, not yet. No, not yet. No, no, not yet. Um, but it's it's a challenge to uh, to um, you, you have to say no to some things, unfortunately. Yeah. Why did uh, I was curious about the decision to call uh, the brew pub something different than the name of the brewery? Right. We have to. It's, it's the, the beers are different. Um, it's a different concept. Uh, do, do we wanted to uh, to bring it away from Toil because we are. 
I mean, we, we are a gypsy brewery and that's part of our story. And uh, right. I think making our own brewery, uh, we, we have to disconnect from that uh, association somehow. Got it. And it's, uh, we also wanted to fit it in uh, to, the, to, the local, to the local area. And uh, I mean, Bruce means carbonation in Danish. So it is, uh, it is a, a Danish word. <laughs> and it is a local place. Yeah. So, so everybody locally would automatically know the, who who's making the beers. Yes, anyway. yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. We yeah. didn't have much trouble tying it into the total name for people who who came there. Right. And, uh, we don't do much export, so it's it's not it's not a big issue. And it, and it's all designed to be served right there. It's not. Yes, yeah, we, not we have getting... six serving tanks. We have a line running from the brewery straight to them, so the beer will travel twenty meters, and and you can get the freshest IPA, at, at least as fresh as we can possibly make it. Right. Yeah. Which is quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it sounds good. What are some of the other things you serve there? So you have, you have, do you have spirits? Do you have wine? Do you have uh, no. We have, uh, <laughs> we have, uh, we have. Well, we have a lot of brews and tall beers. We'll have a lot of uh, tap takeovers and guest beers. Uh, we do cocktails. Uh, we'll do. Uh, we'll What's that? Cocktails? Yeah, it's a cocktail and a keg. <laughs> Basically, you you pre you pre keg it. So all you have to do is is add ice and pour the cocktail. Uh, we'll, we we did a use of gin tonic. Uh, but instead of using tonic, we'll, we we dry hop it uh, to get the bitterness, um, and it, it's it's quite nice when you have real professional guys doing it in a in a professional brewery. Mm. Uh, they come out really nice. Uh, we have a ni- nice restaurant. Uh, we play around with fermentation, do a lot of kimchi. Uh, we do fermented fries, which I wish you guys could taste. Yeah, they are quite extraordinary. Fermented potato fries? Yes, fermented potato fries. Oh. They get really crispy on the outside and soft on the inside and have a little bit of a, um acidic uh, taste to them, hmm. but in, in the nicest possible way. Yeah, that sounds delicious. It's quite something. Yeah. Fermented fries. What beer would go with that? Any beer. Any beer. <laughs> Anything that's fermented will go with So fermented way. foods go well with fermented drinks. Yes. <laughs> wow. Enough, yeah. <laughs> it's like the Bruce, tall Bruce revolution. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But it's funny. I mean, you, you guys, I, I, and your art speaks for, for, for your brand. I know, BR, you, you sent me a link. Your cans are cool. The, the label art is noted. Um, and it puts you in, up there with a lot of really cool craft brewers that we know. What, what is it about you know, craft breweries? seems like so many of them with the cans, it's enabled them to step it up and really devote you know, that surface to art. Um, is that just what makes you craft, that you get to do these cool things? Well, it's nice. I mean, first of all, I I love canned beers more than than bottled beers. There's just so much more real estate to put uh, to put fun stuff on. I think uh, I think a label on a brown bottle is is hard to balance out. And if you get a whole nice sleeve, it it, it just makes the beer look better. Um, as for us, we our design, uh, we we have one guy doing everything since the beginning. It's called Casper Leeded. Um, he, he will write about the design on his uh, Instagram prof- profile, and it's it sometimes catches me by surprise what he, <laughs> what he's actually thought about, because uh, a lot of work goes into these, obviously. Um, but it's interesting that, that there's a e- even though e- each can and each bottle are, are very very different, I I still think you can see it's a tall beer. Um, people kind of people will say that's a tall design. Yeah, it's 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 interesting that there's that there is that connection between the art on the label and the beer, and that seems to um, 
be a, a kind of a, a Scandinavian thing because uh, <laughs> you see that a lot more the, the, a lot more there than you do I think in other places like you know the Omnipolo with uh, Carl and Hennick and you know Evil Twin <laughs> with uh, with Martin doing all of his labels and um, uh, is obviously known for his labels uh, as well uh, working very closely with the same artist. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting because it, it's, they can work beautifully when, when those two things match up really well. Cool. Skål. Skål to toll. Skål to toll. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher, or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network was just down in Charleston for the Wine and Food Fest. David was down there. You had a good time, David? Had a great time. Drank a lot of Palmetto Pills. Palmetto Pills. We've had some fun down there at Edmunds Oast. I went down last year with you guys. But, you know, HRN, Heritage Radio Network, .org, become a member, and you can uh, keep track of these great things, food festivals, and where to find a good beer or wine in New York City. So that's what we're talking about here. BR, the, you just poured us another toll of beer. Uh, what, we're tasting through, I think, six beers from Toll, uh, from, from uh, Copenhagen. Jens is with us. Mike Amity from Taurus. B.R. Royo from Shelton Brothers. Uh, yeah, so this one actually has, has not this particular label, as we were talking about labels earlier. Uh, it's the, the Fuck Art series. Um, the original one that they were sending us was called Fuck Art, Let's Dance. We, we can swear on this We part? can swear. You can swear all you want. It changes everything. Um, so we, you know, we, we when we were talking it's with... Fuck uh, Art. With, <laughs> with the brewery, we were like, yeah, you know, that name is just not going to cut it with a TTB. We're going to have to change it. And then they said, you know, we... we they said, no, no, can you please put it in? I mean, if, you know, we can fight it for freedom of speech and all that. We'll try, but we're just letting you know now it's going to really delay the release of your beer. Uh, so we, we put in the, the label, which had a, a, it was a collage of a bunch of different images and uh, came back you know, with a rejection, which was we were not surprised, and then actually read what the rejection said. And uh, one of the collage images was of a hamburger. And the TTB said that they had we had to remove the image of the hamburger because it implied that the beer was made with hamburger in it, and you couldn't do that. So Dan Shelton Jeez. was ready to fight that, when, you know, in terms of um, you know the, saying that that's just absolutely ridiculous. It's not true just because it's on the label as a picture doesn't mean it's in the beer. And then we're looking sort of at the bigger picture, thinking, well, you know what? They said nothing about the fact that there's a swear word on the label. Let's just let it go. We'll remove the hamburger. And so that was the original the fuck art. Uh, and the it, fuck art, let's dance. And in retrospect, there there have been some some beers that just throw hamburgers in there too. So you know maybe they weren't that far <laughs> off. <Yeah. laughs> We've had trouble like this before. I, I remember we made a, we have a beer called Liquid Confidence, and uh, we had to rename it Liquid Confidential because it wouldn't. I mean, calling confidence would imply you gain confidence from drinking the beer, <laughs> which you obviously do. <laughs> but we, we but you can't allowed, say that. No, yeah. it, it wasn't no go in the states. <laughs> Any others that you've had to change? 
Uh, well, actually, this one is called Fuck Out. This is architecture, and uh, there was a big uh, this picture originally of one uh, some, that, that big Korean uh, building, and uh, the Asian market wouldn't really. I don't think they were too happy about that, so we uh, we, we took it off before it uh, before it evolved. <laughs> so you made financial decisions yeah, by your label. Yeah. So you, you don't have as much creative freedom as you think. No. You don't want to alienate the Asian market. <laughs> But, no. the, but Americans like using swear words. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. yeah. And what is this beer? Uh, it's a, I'm talking uh, about the label, the <laughs> name. This is a farmhouse, uh, good old farmhouse IPA. So you will, you will buckle under to <laughs> financial <laughs> obligations, but you can still be creative on the label. Yeah. It is cool. I mean, that is something definitely about cans, Mike, right? That it, it's a, a canvas. It's like, it's like old school record labels. You can sell and really have a creative uh absolutely yeah um and it works the other way too i've I've seen and you know without naming names obviously there are some you see some breweries that that, like where the art is just awful and and the names are terrible uh about the breweries and the uh and the uh the names of the beers and it really affects your uh your perception of the beer itself in a weird way uh you know if you have this awful name on it with an awful can you're like you're you you're already mentally thinking that this can't be very good <laughs> you know on a, on a subliminal level uh that's kind of what you're thinking but uh i think it works the opposite way too when you have this beautiful packaging that really integrates well with the the beer itself uh and is consistent along the, the whole uh, the whole product uh uh, yeah, it really it really sets it off that much, and it, it makes it stand out as well. Uh, it does, and it's n- it's not always about making a label art that represents the beer. I think it's fun to. Uh, I know Casper, our designer, think it's it's fun if we make a beer with mango. He'll he'll purposely not go within a mile of a mango. <laughs> like the, the, you'll not know what the beer is until you drink it. Yeah, which is fun. Yeah, there the, there was the they did the. Um, uh, the Russian roulette series. It was sort of like that as well. Uh, that was uh, Evil Twin and Omnipolo, I think, a collaboration where they brewed uh, a light and a dark version of a beer, and and in a six pack or whatever of bottles, you didn't know which which beer you were opening because <laughs> they all had the same label. We're doing uh, we're doing fuck out. This is a uh, hygge soon, like hygge, the, the the Danish word for for coziness. And I think the label is just the, the most dark, gloomy forest with big white letters uh, <laughs> written over it. And I kind of like that because it's, it's just a weird concept anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then what about for your kegs? You know, you, you've got the the canvas of a can, you know, for art. Then when you're just selling beer on draft, how do, how do you market that? Or Well, I mean, some some breweries choose to, uh, to label their kegs. Uh, we don't really see any reason to do that because they should be in a cold room behind the... Like they should be, they'll be stored. No one will see the cakes anyway. Right. It's mostly for fun if you want to do that. Uh, we we made tap handles that uh, just came out very simplistically designed. Uh, we had some guys from tap handles come out and and show us all these samples, and we're looking through them and they have a big book and they they have all these crazy designs and they can do basically, I mean the sky is the limit for for these guys. You can do whatever you want, and at at one point out of the blue the guy uh, mentioned uh, fake marble. And I saw Casper our designer. His, his <laughs> eyes just lit up, and now we now we've uh, we sold a thousand tape handles made of fake marble. Fake marble. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Now let's talk about collaborations. I, I know you've you've made some. Uh, are there some collaborations in the works? Some tall collaborations that did really well. 
Um, yes, usually when we do collaborations, we'll do them at other people's breweries, as we are a gypsy brewery, and that I mean that makes it more complicated to bring them to the United States, unless the brewery is already uh, working with the Shelton Brothers. Um, I brought one today. Uh, we did it with Poyala uh, from Estonia. We do a lot of stuff with them because they're kind of they're as unhinged as we are. <laughs> they, they will never say no, and uh, we won't really ever say no either. Um, so, so it'll end up being these beers that are not really for general consumption. I think it's more, <laughs> it's more just for us to uh, <laughs> made by and for the two breweries. Exactly. That are <laughs> yes, exactly. So this won't come to the United States. This is just something you have from. Uh, I brought this in a bag. I actually don't know if um, if um, Poyala managed to uh, send ship any to Shelton. They did. They sent a very limited amount. That I just got the notice that it arrived. I think uh, yesterday. So not awesome. in your at our warehouse. So, but I, it's it's super limited. I don't know how much of this is going to make it down here. So you, you guys, this Estonian brewery, that's we are we are importing them. Yeah, we are importing them. Uh, fun fact: my, apparently, my ophthalmologist really likes them. He, <laughs> shop, he shops at beer table and was asking me if I'd ever heard of this one beer. I was like, oh yeah, that's uh, our Estonian brewery. <laughs> so yeah, are you now paying for your uh, ophthalmology via beer now? That's right. The trade-off. Yeah, I, I should actually. The prices he charges. <laughs> yeah, Paul is awesome. Uh, we've we've uh, we've been putting on uh, quite a few of their beers. There, especially their their multi beers are amazing. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah, and for the folks at home, they uh, hand dip all their uh, all their bottles in the, this wax, and for this uh, for this beer, they put glitter on it for some reason. And I think it's just to piss us off. <laughs> so BR is just like fighting to take the wax. Top yeah, off. it's taken quite a while. <laughs> it's not BA just uh, you open by random. I, sometimes I'll just take like the side of a opener or a, a beer key and just whack the <laughs> whack yeah. the wax until it. <laughs> chips off or just sometimes you can chip the top of the bottle too you just do a cowboy style and break off the whole neck yeah i found myself getting annoyed when i have beers like this because it takes so long to open them that by the time they're open they, they better fucking taste good <laughs> so uh why do they do it then just to be weird because it looks so nice it, it's it's really a it it it, it represents they have a very very small brewery in a little dark forest in estonia and and uh and they do a lot of export, but they do small batches of uh, of, of, of these barrel aged stuff, and so it looks it looks and presents itself quite exclusively. Mm. Uh, this beer smells amazing. Wow, the nose, right? My guess that's the first thing I thought. Yeah, it's, in the it's like chocolatey, dark, plummy too, right? Mm-hmm. And what is it? it? It's an oak stout, uh, barrel aged on cognac barrels, um, and it's it's really something. It's a it's a kick. Dessert beer. It's like the brewery. The brewery. Uh, a few years ago, uh, Patrick grew at the brewery had a line of like sixteen to twenty percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, barrel aged beers that just went down so easy. Yeah, yeah. Those are the dangerous ones. Too. Yeah. You don't know what you're getting into. Your body figures it out pretty quick, but uh, yeah, they don't taste like they've got alcohol in them. Maybe no. that's why I think all, all, all dangerous beers should be priced really high. <laughs> yes. Treat like a drop by drop. <laughs> Yeah, this is delicious. Is, is this spiced as well? Yes, Lithuanian spices. Okay. I've tried to find out what it is, but they won't tell me. <laughs> so who's there? Your, your, your founders or the... the uh... No, uh, the, the brewers at, uh, at, at Poyala. This is the second brew of this. We did the first collaboration a couple of years ago, and uh, we decided to rebrew it because it's, um, it's such a nice beer. Yeah, so it's, your crew w- visited Estonia and... Yes, the first time around, not, yeah. not, not the second time around. 
yeah, I mean, there's no there's no reason to go and make a second collaboration of the same beer. But we we did go over there a month ago and brew two other beers with them, uh, which were just as stupid as this one. One is the Graf Gallian, a time and honey infused ghost, and uh, the other is a uh, ten apple stout with uh, ten different ways of integrating apple into a beer. Oh, wow. And I'm not going to go through all ten <laughs> <laughs> ways because it's, uh, it's it's ridiculous to be fair. Uh, but but we had um, we had charcoal like uh, apple charcoal that had been burned in a sauna that we infused with water and used that for the uh, for the malting. Hmm. And we, we smoked the barrels with uh, apple wood chips and we used fermented apples and so on and so forth. <laughs> wow! But uh, I think I'm, we're looking forward to tasting this beer. I hope people might be as well. But sometimes you got to brew beer that you. You want to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. This is a cool beer. Another cool find. You know, I, I didn't really know the full breadth and intensity <laughs> of the tool beers. And then any other collaborations that you, that you like that you've been doing? Uh, it seems did, like you're doing a lot of them. Yeah, we. <laughs> they're fun to do, and uh, and and you get to be creative, and you get to meet uh, meet other other brewers. Obviously, uh, we did one in Hamburg with a, a brewery called Poodleship. Where we did uh, doing a, a sour mashed um, IPA with uh, with some smoked malts and some uh, smoked chilies, mm. and then we're doing a, a sour mashed pilsner. Uh, they have actually a kettle sour pilsner. Uh, we brewed it there. A little, they have a little garage brewery. Uh, we're planning one with Oedipus, uh, a very nice uh, Dutch brewery, mm-hmm. and we have so many others in the works. It's, it's, it's <laughs> going to be hard to list them all. <laughs> But it's um, and collaborations are uh, a way of, for us to have fun. Uh, you don't really need to hit a commercial scale, and um, you you just have to brew a beer that's fun and, and that you want to drink yourself. Yeah. And uh, you guys are uh, gypsy brewers. Like, where uh, you're brewing in Belgium for for most of the things? There, yeah. Right? I mean, I think 99% of all total beers are brewed at uh, the Proof in the Belgium. Proof, yeah. yeah. They make really good beers there. Yeah, <laughs> they've got it down for sure. Yeah, they got it down. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they're doing. Wow, I just learned something. That's cool, man. I like these. You know, I was going to say let's pop some more beers, but this last one. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah this is like my, <laughs> it's coating my mouth and my glass. Uh, you you want to pop one more beer and we can. Let's say Mike brought Mike. some beers as well. So yeah. we want to monopolize the beer selection here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you want to uh, open this uh, IPA or? Uh, yeah, we you have pick. This? And why don't you tell us what you brought because it gives a good sense of what you have at Tours. Well, uh, in this case, well, two thirds, two thirds of this does. Um, uh, one of them here is uh, this is a, uh, an IPA from Boomtown. Uh, one of the guys that used to work at Torst, uh, named uh, named James, uh, who moved out to LA and is brewing with these guys now. Uh, so this is, is the uh, Irishman, James Machier. That's the fella. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to give this a try. Um, so this is the first beer that he was he was uh, truly involved in in uh, creating. Uh, the other one was uh, brought in uh, is uh, Wolves and People, uh, which is a, a really great uh, brewery out west. Uh, this is called Goldberry, um, and uh, it's uh, saison uh, barrel aged saison with uh, with uh, fruits. And then the other one is a local one, Transmitter uh, B2. Which is uh, I pulled from uh, from my personal cellar. <laughs> this one's from 2014. So uh, thought we'd uh, give it a shot. Vintage. All right, let's pop one. And we'll taste. We're gonna wrap up in a few minutes. So, BR, you guys, we're going to the Jeffrey tonight. 
Correct. In uh, yep. Midtown, right under the Roosevelt Island tram. And That's you're going to bring your skis. <laughs> That's right. And uh, Mike Torst, um, you guys have a new menu too, don't you? We do, yeah. We're, uh, we're really excited about it too. Um, you know, we had uh, our, our previous uh, chef, Chewy, who we're all a big fan of, um, has, uh, has left. And uh, he, he got a, a, uh, an opportunity that he couldn't pass up, so uh, we wish him well. But we, uh, our new chef's name is Matt Cruz. Uh, he comes to us from, uh, from out west as well. Uh, he um, worked at Lazy Bear in, uh, in San Francisco, which is a uh, two Michelin star restaurant. Uh, he's worked at a couple places in New York as well, but uh, yeah, starting starting off on the uh, on the bar food, uh, we have a, a full list now, and uh, the food has been great. It's been we're really well received, so we're we're pretty pretty excited for it. Uh, and then uh, going further into the year, uh, the plan is to open up a tasting menu in the in the in the old Luxa space again. Uh, so we're 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 pretty psyched for that too. So uh, well, that was a, that was a, that was a great draw. I mean, to know I'm going to go out for a you know really great beer pairing dinner. Uh, that to me that was a reason to go to tour. So good yeah. luck with it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, we're we're super excited excited for it. And Yenza, any, anything you're you're going to the Jeffrey tonight? Have you heard anything about it? Uh, no, actually, it's one of the few places I haven't visited yet. It seems like I've been all over New York just today, but uh, there there are plenty of uh, places to see still. I'm looking forward to uh, to being there tonight. Great man, really appreciate having you on, te- teaching you. us more about about Tool. Uh, coming up, uh, we'll just finish up New York City Beer Week. It was pretty great to actually be tasting, uh, you know, foreign beers. Um, thank you, BR, for uh, br- bringing in Jens. Anytime. And Toll. And uh, it's good to think about places like Tours where there, there's great American craft beer, New York City beers, and other beers on tap from other countries, just like at the Jeffrey, too. And I, I like the well-roundedness uh, and different flavors. You know, there's so many. Let's just wrap it up with, with a, who wants to say a commentary on that, that there are different flavors and different styles of beers. Um, and there's so much going on in the world. Well, what's kind of interesting is a lot of American breweries initially were influenced by, say, the British styles, the German styles, as coming up as home brewers. So, like, oh, you know, visited Europe, tried these different beers that they couldn't find commercially. So, started like that, and now, you know, have gone off on many different tangents. And now, a lot of the up and coming breweries in Europe, in particular, are now looking to the U.S. and then, you know, brewing the super hoppy IPAs or looking to do, you know, a sour, they might make sour beers and now looking to put in different ingredients that they might not have thought of before. So it's, it's really interesting to kind of see it come full circle from the Europeans influencing the Americans and now almost vice versa in some cases. That's great. Well, Mike, BR, and Jens, thanks for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. Big shout out, special events, our, our big event, Brisket King NYC is coming up April 25th in Brooklyn. Uh, there'll be some great uh, barbecue and kosher barbecue chefs uh, competing for the title of Brisket King NYC. Get tickets now at briskitking.eventbrite.com. And a big shout out to uh, Justin Kennedy, our producer, David Tattashore, engineer. And I'm Jimmy Carboni. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo. Yen, yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio.
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.